Tim, episode 36 of Stats That Matter. Week 14, Dunzo. Week 15, on the way. And we already have a couple division champs. I mean, week 15 is beginning to look at us like the big eyes emoji. Like, Ugh. wait till you see what happens next. Uh, this, this is a crazy good week of football. I think our predictions are pretty good. I think we're going to start off. Uh, well, I'll start off with Big Fat L, so that, that's pretty good. Um, and everyone knows you can find Stats No Matter wherever you get your podcasts, right? Stitcher, Apple, Google, uh, Spotify, World Wide Web. Um, so go ahead, download, like, subscribe, share it with your friends and family, tell everyone about it. We're always on the lookout to make the best use of our Twitter handle, at Stats Podcast. So tag us in some random threads. Let's battle sports trolls together. No sense in you handing them yourself. There's too many of them. But if you bring in the Stats Podcast, we're going to help you out. And you got to make sure you do the same thing for our IG handle, too. At Stats Don't Matter. Because, you know, I mean, don't, wait, we put a disclaimer out. Don't be, don't be throwing us in the threads of those Instagram models. We're not trying to get in that. You know, sports topics. There's always going to be trolls out there. So don't fight the trolls yourself. Let us fight them. Now, Tim, let's get into the show. Okay, let's recap Thursday Night Football, okay? Patriots and Rams. Oh, starting off this episode with a big fat L. Um, mm-hmm. I, I said Cameron Jarrell Newton is going to lead this team to hell of an upset win. And the only thing happened was the Rams got the win, and I was hella upset. 24-3, to uh, the Rams beat the Patriots in SoFi Stadium. This is a brutal game. Yeah, Once again, can't throw a pick. This, this time it's returned. Like in the beginning part of the game, it almost seemed like there was a little bit of like punching going back and forth and the this, this score was low. So like you thought, all right, cool. You're, you're gonna, you're gonna score some points here. The, the Patriots kept going for it and they, they weren't, <laughs> they weren't succeeding on fourth down. They went into the Rams 24 times and they did not score mm-hmm. points. Three of them, like just absolutely brutal. Like you, you just try to do everything you possibly can. And, you know, the calls are just getting louder and louder and louder. Hey, bring Stidham in. But I don't really think that Stidham is necessarily going to do anything, like, for this team necessarily. And, like, it kind of showed in this game. Like, it was close for, I'd say, like, the first half. And then once McVay started to figure out where the holes were, he just he just kind of went yeah. to work. And, um, it, man, I, I hate it when I'm just like, oh, ooh, I, I got to get on this team. And I – Maybe it's because I, I think that Cameron Jarrell Newton's going to have like a, a comeback game. He's, a, he's had a couple instances. I mean, if you look at the, that week two game he had against the Seattle Seahawks, I mean, they were throwing all over the place. He was running, but like every week now, it's like they're barely throwing for 100 yards. Like the running game is the only thing that's keeping them. And like special teams is keeping their heads above water. And yeah. that's just not a recipe for success when you go against a guy like Sean McVay. So like, ugh. Yeah, when your defense is keeping you in the game. And your offense isn't doing anything with that success. It's just, it's not going to work. Yeah, that one, that one hurt. That one hurt to watch. I mean, definitely hurt to watch. Give it up for Cam Akers. Yeah, setting setting a rookie, you know, running back record probably in that game. He's like 177 yards. He had the touchdown. You faced that dude. You lost in, again fantasy this week. <laughs> it happened. You know, and yeah, yeah. like, and that backfield has been so maddening because you had um, Henderson, Malcolm Brown, and Cam Akers. And all the hype coming out was like, well, the, the, you took Acres in the second round. Todd Gurley's not there anymore. Something's got to give here. And then the Rams just like took a page out of the Patriots book. And like every week there was a different back that was getting it. And it was just like yep. this week, McVay just knew like, oh, there's no need to put anyone else out there. They cannot stop Acres. 
So just give Cam the ball again and just see what he does. So like, oh, I hope things change for the Pages going forward. I, I feel bad, but this, even though it's a 21 point game loss for the Patriots, it really was worse than that. Like if you watch it, it was just like someone just stuck you with a tuning fork and just tilted it yeah. just ever so slightly. And you're just like, yeah, this sucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was definitely uh, just nothing about it was enjoyable. Like going into the fourth quarter, even though it was a somewhat close game, I was like, uh, I don't know if I have any more interest to even watch this. But um, all right. Uh, so last week I had the Bucks. Uh, I thought they were primed for uh, a pretty good game coming off of a bye, some extended time. Um, I thought Cousins and the Vikings had been doing a decent job. But some extra practice for the Bucks would spell a pretty easy win for uh, the Bucks. And if you look at the score, it's going to look like that was the case. But I thought this could be a statement piece. Not quite a statement piece that I had expected, but they did come away with the win. It was 26-14. Uh, Brady snapped his second game, uh, his two-game losing streak and his streak of consecutive seasons without three losses in a row continues the last time. That man lost three games in a row was way back in what year, Sam? What's your guess? Oh, I would probably say like the the either the year that he tore his knee or uh, I, I actually I want to say Dark Horse. I would say 2015 because didn't they lose 2002? Oh wow! <laughs> okay, yeah, that man that man has not lost a game in uh, in that many years. It's been a very very long time. Uh, 18 years. Almost 19 years. So I should have seen that one coming. I didn't know that one going into it. Um, he's also never lost the Vikings, and it actually didn't take all that much effort in this one. He was 15 to 23. He only had 196 yards. He had two touchdowns, uh, which included another touchdown uh, to Gronk, which was like a, a three yard red zone pass. That's their 95th time that they've connected in their careers. So, you know little match made in heaven continuing down in Tampa. Uh, but a lot of noise was made about Brady and all of his picks throughout the start of the season and, and spattered around the rest of these. I've said they were somewhat unfair because quarterbacks across the league seem to be prone to throwing picks every single game. Um, he said seven games this season without him. So over half of the games that they've played in, he hasn't had a, an interception. He's six and one in those records. So, he didn't throw one in this game either. He did. He didn't take a sack either, uh, which continues the up and down playing ability that we've talked about all season with the offensive line for the Bucks. Um, they managed to play pretty well in this one. Cousins, the Vikings, they came up a little short, but that's partly because Tampa kept the pressure on pretty consistently. Cousins was sacked six times. He fumbled twice. They struggled a fair amount converting third downs. They were about 30% on the day. It was more Tampa's defense shining than it was the offense, but really the Vikings had a chance to stay in and at least keep this game close. They kind of gave this one away. They missed field goal. Bailey missed three field goals. He missed a point after. That's his seventh miss in two weeks. So that's 10 points he left out there, which would have brought this game a little closer. You never know how points may have changed sort of the dynamic of the game. So, um, but they at least would have put it closer, may have taken away some of the field position they handed over to the Bucks, you know, by missing some of those field goals. But Tampa, 
Moving on, they're at a 95% chance now to take the last playoff spot in the sixth seed. Um, they're only one behind Seattle. And uh, the loss, unfortunately, puts the Vikings one game back behind the Cardinals for the last playoff spot. So there's some math that has to work out in their favor. Cardinals have been up and down. Vikings probably still have a pretty good chance. I don't, I don't suspect the Cardinals to win out. So as long as the Vikings can continue to do well, we may see them in the playoffs. But the, the Bucks all but stamp their uh their entry with this win all right giants cardinals look i had talked a lot of trash about the nfc east i should have done that and i went in my feelings here and i thought recency bias because they beat seattle they're obviously going to beat the cardinals that did not happen this game was actually kind of close a couple field goals by the giants i mean no sorry not by the giants by the uh by the cardinals and then arizona just found a way they opened the lead they scored a touchdown in the third, actually kind of like got a little close. Uh, both teams, you know, tossed a touchdown back and forth. Uh, there was a beautiful 39-yard grab by Golden Tate, which Daniel Jones had been trying to hit all game. Um, but look, Giants, eight turnovers. You're not going to win a game when you turn over the ball that many times. Um, DeAndre Hopkins, 130 yards on the just absolutely getting his money worth. And I hope that Bill O'Brien is on a couch somewhere just going, you know, probably shouldn't have, had, shouldn't have done that. Probably shouldn't have given that guy for pennies in the dollar because he's a game-changing wide receiver. Now, Cardinals obviously have slumped a little bit this season, so who knows where they're ultimately going to end up in the playoff uh, hunt. But, my goodness, you, you got to win games against semi-bad teams. And for that four-game win streak that the Giants came in riding hot, uh, yeah, the, the cards ended it. So I, I probably should have not been in my feelings too much, and I should have just traded that recency bias off for something else. But I guess I'll take back-to-back L's. That's right. We can't. Uh, we can't win them all. Like, 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 like I can. Ah, uh, whatever. No, actually, I. I uh, speaking of not winning one, uh, I thought this was going to be a Dolphins upset of the Chiefs. And it really, really looked like that might be the case going into this one. Um, I thought the, the way I thought it was going to play out, I thought the Dolphins were either going to win or get completely blown out. I didn't, I didn't think it was going to be somewhere in between or close. But man, uh, I did say for the record, I thought the Chiefs and the Steelers might be primed for some losses going through the remainder of the season. Uh, we'll get into one of those other uh, other guesses here in, in a little bit, but um, they're starting to show some vulnerabilities, and this was no different. You can't really count out Mahomes at any point. He's sort of become the the new Tom Brady. If the ball is in his hand and he has any time left, there's a chance to win that game, regardless of what that score might be. Um, this one really looks all the way up to the end like the Dolphins had a chance. They, they needed their defense to make just one more stop. But when you give Mahomes any sort of time, you give him the ball, the weapons he has, and now not only are you forced to stop Mahomes, you're forced to stop Kelsey, everybody on that team. Hill barely even touched the ball, yet he was one of the bigger impact players in some of their big yardage downs. It's a really tall task. I mean, Tua put up a career game. I know it's it's still young, but he had 316 yards. He had three touchdowns and almost put together a late drive to win the game. 
it was a really impressive game i know he threw a pick but that was sort of like in desperation in the waning minutes they probably weren't going to win that game anyway so that one was kind of a a throwaway so that one doesn't really play into it but um the only really mis- the only real mistake that he made that i would chalk up to being a rookie was when he kind of scrambled back got caught in the end zone gave up a safety you can't turn the ball over and you definitely can't give kansas points when you give them the ball otherwise that's a recipe for disaster Mahomes, though big story and the big takeaway here for me was that he threw three interceptions and a fumble that's not a Holmes like play that's not something you often hear so he still closed out the day just shy of 400 yards and he only used hill on four possessions in total um I don't really know if this means the Dolphins are a better team than we're currently giving them credit for. I think that might be the case. Or if this continues to be sort of this weird season where the Chiefs tend to play to the level of who their opponent is. Um, Either way, this was definitely one of my favorite games of the weekend. I think behind the uh, Cleveland-Jacksonville game. uh, Not Jacksonville. uh, uh, The Ravens. Yeah, the the Ravens-Browns game. This was probably my my second favorite just behind that it was it was a lot of fun to watch it was good to see these young guys get out and and make some moves i actually have a feeling while the while the chiefs may have played down a little bit i actually think this is dolphins kind of finding their way their defense has been pretty good this season so i think this was just a little bit of some time to shine for them um well, I'll be interested to see how this plays out as as continues to get a little bit better, a little bit better. Um, you know, they're eight and four. They're in the playoff hunt just like everybody else is. And if the Chiefs are going to continue to play close games like this, the teams like the Dolphins, it, it could make for very interesting you know, postseason. Some of these some of these teams that are just you know finding their stride later in the season, maybe making some interesting runs a lot of portions of the playoff. Could happen. Could happen there. Titans-Jags. I said I felt bad for the Jags. They were going to win the tank for Trevor sweepstakes until the Raiders handed them a W. Um, now I get to face a, a pissed-off Titans team, and I said Titans by 10. And Titans won by 10, plus another 10. They they thrashed them. Uh, you know, they won 31 to 10. Derrick Henry, 215 on the ground. Another two touchdowns. A.J. Brown. Nine receptions, 117-some-odd yards, and another touchdown. Tannehill had to throw 24 times. That's it. Didn't really need to do much of anything, and the Jags were not going to stop whatever the Titans were selling. It was coming right through the door. Um, it's just it's absolutely brutal that like teams who find a way to slow down Derrick Henry find a way to, to eke out close wins, and every other team is just like, nah, we're good. Like, yeah. we're not, we're not going to stack the box. Like, we'll make them pick their poison, like, that's a very, very bad idea. Like every time that Derrick Henry has more of these 200 plus yard games with two touchdowns, which I think he now has more than uh, Ladanian Tomlinson and Barry Sanders, right? Like he's ahead of them in the packing order now. Cause I think he's had five of these games. Those should be five skulls for head coaches who, who shouldn't have jobs anymore because it's like, this isn't his first year out, out like in the league. Like he's continuing to do this. And if you if you find a way to slow them down, you keep them under 100 yards. You got a shot. What what? You, like these teams are like, nah. Derrick Henry's gonna have to beat us. Derrick Henry can beat you by himself. 
Yeah. Like that is, that is a very bad recipe for you going into a game going, you know, we have a really good rusher in James Robinson. He tears up a lot of other defenses, but I don't think it can happen to us. It happens to you in practice every week and it happens to you <laughs> in this game. Like, Oh, Oh, yeah, it was, it was oh. What we said, we said in some of their early struggles, like, Oh, look, they held uh, Henry to short yardage and look how that turned out. So yeah. Yeah. That, that's yeah. it. That's, that's the, Send, that's the tweet, right? You know what I mean? Like, if you want to win games, stop King Henry from going over 100 yards. And definitely stop that dude from going over 200 yards. Like, yeah. this this is like... Uh, this is like AAU level, like, Pop Warner football tactics. You know what I mean? Like, stop yep. the running back, win the game. Like, they can't run the clock out. Every every team that goes against the Titans and doesn't find a way to to, to stop them, Provided they're not my favorite teams, <laughs> they should fire their coaches. I mean, this, this is bad. If you're a D coordinator and, and you're facing Derrick Henry in the coming you know weeks, just go ahead, stack the box a little bit. Yeah, it's worth it. <laughs> you won't get you won't get blown out and, and make the statue like this. All right, uh, <clears throat> Cowboys, Bengals. Uh, I thought the Cowboys were coming off uh, a pretty good string of wins against some pretty decent teams. Uh, I did not think that this was going to be a QB battle. I thought the Red Rocket was going to win this one out, and the Red Rocket, yes, I know that's not really what it is, but that's what I'm calling it. That's what we're rolling with now. So this point going forward on this podcast, he's the Red Rocket. It's just better. Uh, Anyway, he managed to come out strong. He took care of the ball. <laughs> this was the first game. Listen to this stat. This is the first game. Since he started with the Cowboys, where he did not give up an interception. Since joining the Cat, Yeah, he had one in all of his last five games. Didn't have one here. Uh, and was very efficient, too. He didn't have to throw the ball much. In fact, several of the quarterbacks we've talked today, talked about today have been under 25 attempts uh, for the entire game. He was 16 of 23, had 185 yards. He had two touchdown passes. but. This was another decent outing. This one stings a little bit, though, if you're a Cincinnati fan. Burroughs was supposed to be the saving grace for that franchise, and he's the guy to sort of right the ship. They showed a little promise, even if that record didn't necessarily reflect that. You kind of saw a little bit of promise, some development there, and then obviously he went out and all the hopes just completely bottomed out, and the bottom fell out. They're now 2-10-1, which makes this their third season row with 10 or more losses. So tough way to go out, you know, throughout the entire year, you had so much hope. It literally evaporated. Um, nobody's really holding out for the Cowboys. We don't quite know what they're going to look like next year when everybody comes back. So not much to break down in this one. Good one for the Cowboys. Uh, my heart still goes out to uh Cincinnati fans. Oh yeah, for sure. Texas bears. I said, Texans had to be Texans, right? The Bears were five and one at one point in the season, and now they're five and seven. So there's there's no way, right? Twenty twenty. That's all I'm gonna say. Twenty twenty. Bears by a country mile. I knew things were gonna go bad when I first put on this game, and I walked into the kitchen, and I all I heard was the announcer just get frantic because David Montgomery had ripped off a run that ultimately went for eighty yards and a score. And I remember sitting in the kitchen, like, you know, cooking up some stuff. And I just thought to myself, shit, 
this is not going to, according to plan. <laughs> like I expected, uh, I expected the Texans to at least go score a touchdown, and they did. They scored one, uh, but they absolutely did. They got destroyed. Like if you were a Mitch Trubisky fan, this is why he was taken above all these other quarterbacks. C- congratulations for one game against Deshaun Watson. You've made that <laughs> argument. You, you can, you can, you can hold that mantle high. Oh yeah, we we totally need to take him ten overall. No, you didn't. Absolutely did. You could have got him later in the round. But, I mean, the Texans just came out flat. Absolutely nothing. It was like the minute that 80-yard touchdown run, it was like a punch in the face, and they just they could not recover from it. I mean, gosh, Trubisky had three touchdowns, 300 passing yards. Like, the, th- these are not things we should be associated with Mitch Trubisky at this point of the 2020 NFL season. The, this, this is just not what we think. So then it's like, well – what went wrong and, and who's the better team here? And to be honest, we don't really know. I mean, the Texans have an interim head coach. And if we're being truthful with ourselves, the bears have an interim quarterback. <laughs> like I, I don't necessarily know that unless Trubisky goes on an absolute tear the next few weeks, that, that, that it's going to be his job next year. Are they not going to try and draft a quarterback? Are they not going to try and bring someone in free agency? Like, Oh boy. If you started Jimmy Graham this week, you got a touchdown. That's probably all you got for points, but you know what I mean? Like if you're one of those tight end streamers and you were really, really needing some points to get into the fantasy playoffs, you got them. But I mean, bears by a country mile, there could be nothing more 2020 than that. People are still playing fantasy. I, uh, this was nice to have a weekend where I didn't really have to pay attention. Started my opponent in one of my leagues. This is the, you know, the throw, the throwaway playoffs. So I didn't pay much attention. Mm. It's too bad. I went from like uh, a quitter and a uh, and a sore loser last week. Yeah, I needed like four points to win and be in the playoffs. And since I lost that game, I had a better record than the person who went above me. Or I tied with the person who went above me, but because he had more overall on the season, he got in. I got pushed to the uh, that the little kid's table. So my fantasy season did not end well. Uh. <laughs> Meanwhile, I am in the championship bracket in all three of my leagues. Yeah, buddy. (laughs) I had some tough off breaks. I had one team that in one week, I had six into guys on the COVID list. Mm. All right, this one's one's over. Uh, All right, speaking of over, uh, (laughs) I had the Broncos and the Panthers, the battle of the four and eights. Yeah, it's just the battle of the four and eights. Decent game to watch. Drew Locke came out swigging the big D literally all over the place. He had a career high four <laughs> touchdowns. <laughs> Just, you know, anybody who's been playing some cyber twunk, cyberpunk 2077 knows what uh, knows what I'm talking about. But he was literally swinging the club all over the place. He had a career high four touchdowns, zero turnovers, and a total of 280 yards. He fumbled twice, but in all, pretty solid outing. Finished with a uh, a rating of 149.5, which I think is his highest of the season, which, again, pretty impressive. Teddy B, he had a, a decent day as well. Uh, he only missed 10 of his 40 attempts, nearly twice as many as almost every other quarterback we've talked about from this weekend. It seems nobody really needed to throw a ball around all that much. Um, both of these teams got a lot of upside going into the next season. I think games like this... You know, these kind of matchups are going to happen more frequently. Uh, I think it's it, it goes to show the quality that they do have and that there is some sort of hope. If the Broncos, you know, especially if they can keep Elvin Gordon healthy, 
along with Lindsay. They can develop guys like AJ Hamler. I think they're poised to make some moves if Locke continues to improve going into next season. I think Bridgewater still needs a little bit more time to figure it out. He's had to deal with his own injuries, injuries in some of his star receivers uh, on his side of the ball. So I think if either one of these teams can manage to stay healthy, they easily could have been, you know, eight and four. They could have been, you know, on the other side of a winning record pretty easily. Some of them had some pretty close, some pretty close games that ultimately came up short on, but missing guys like McCaffrey and you miss Lindsay for, you know, several games, you miss Melvin Gordon for several games, a lot to overcome. Um, but, you know, a couple good things to take away in this game. I think they got a lot of poise or they got a lot of upswing in the next season. Come back, everybody healthy. Both of these guys, both of these teams would be interesting to watch next season, but you know, their I mean, ship has sailed also, on this season. Yeah. It also really hurts that you don't have Christian McCaffrey. I mean, at that point, I'm not yeah. sure any defense is like, yeah, we scared. I mean, Mike Davis, you know, I mean, this, this was a scoring affair. Like Mike Davis is definitely bailing you out. He's getting those fantasy points, but Oh boy. Yeah. Mm. All right. That was a one o'clock hour in the four o'clock hour. I kicked it off. I pontificated. I went to the five stages of grief. Um, and I made a bet and I said, Tim, if the Seahawks lose this game, I will buy a Cam Newton jersey. And guess what? I got the dub because they didn't get the L, they handed the L to the 0 13 Jets. They did. They did. Um, that does that doesn't mean that I wasn't like losing my marbles like the entire game. Um they should have won that game handily. Uh the final score looks like they did. Um 40 to 3. It's like the first team this season that they've really, like really blown out, which I was happy yeah. about. But this game could have been like super ugly. And if you just look at the box score, it doesn't tell you that like their kicker came out. He made three points on the first drive and then missed every other kick for the rest of the game. So you got lucky there. Yep. Seattle should have had four interceptions, dropped every single one of them. Like this, this. I don't I don't know that I'm like super happy. I mean, you needed to beat the team. You went and beat the team. Russ got pulled in the third. And then Geno Smith. This is the first time that someone has gotten meaningful snaps in a game in like the last like two or three years. Like Russ is always, always, always out there. And Geno Smith came in and actually led an entire drive, went down, got a field goal. Amazing. Could not believe it. Chris Carson running all over the place. Defense. Probably got away with a couple uh, pass interferences, but, you know, this is just kind of what's going on. I should be more elated about this win, and I am. Because this is what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to beat up on bad teams. But I have to take it with a grain of salt because when the other kicker misses three times in a row and you get four gift-wrapped interceptions, one of them was absolutely beautiful. Jamal Adams crossing. Sam Darnold never even saw him. And it bounced right off of Adam's like chest plate. I just, you're just kind of like, what the hell is going on there? But give, give props to Jamal Adams. He now has the record for most sacks by a defensive back in a single season, eight and a half. He only played nine games. He has eight and a half sacks. Like this, this is exactly why you traded for this dude. This is why you want to bring him in. And I think going forward, he's going to add to that total a couple more. 
Um, I, I don't think it's out of the question the way that Seattle deploys him as a pass rusher, like he could end up with 10, 11 sacks in the season, which would be crazy because that's what you need your defense to be doing, going out there and getting sacks. But happy about it, not putting an asterisk on it. But I'm, th- I'm thinking to myself, okay, I don't have to buy a Cam Newton jersey now. I uh, guess who did have news? Mm. One of the two that uh, one of the two that I had predicted. Yeah, and and you know this. But is that a great was about the only. That's the only look, part of the prediction look, I got look, right. Look, so good look, job. Linda, listen, it was it was the Kayla Metcalf's birthday on Monday. Okay, Russ obviously trying to get the ball down to him on the goal line. DK yeah. went to jump for it. Credit the play from the defensive back. He 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 knocked it to himself, and DK was just like sitting there looking at him, like I would have punched that out. But yeah. DK ended up burning the dude for a touchdown later on. Hopped into the stands, caught a 15-yard penalty for excessive celebration. So, you know, it was all good. Is that, is yeah. that the one where he hopped in the in, in the stands and took over the camera? Yeah, he yeah. took over the camera. Yeah, yeah. He, he put a he put a poll on his Instagram, and he was like, do you think this is a post-football career for me? And it was yes and no. And I was like, no, because I, I, I saw the, the camera view. Like, it was shaky as hell. Uh, 85% of the people on that poll said yes. Uh, I don't know. There's, there's a little too much brown nosing going on there, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. All right, uh, Colts Raiders. Uh, the Raiders continue to have this up and down streak where you don't know what you're going to get. They're one of the better defensive teams when uh, they're out on the field. I thought because they're so streaky, and the fact that they almost lost to the Jets, uh, the Colts are going to be the better team here, and that's that is exactly what happened. Um, but the ups and downs continued. They gave up a season high record to the Colts in this game with 44 points. And Jonathan Taylor literally ran all over the Raiders. Totaled 150 yards on 20 attempts. He had two touchdowns and a 62 yard where he reached 21 miles an hour. That's according to NFL's advanced. Was it advanced stat zone or whatever it's called? Yeah, 21.4 miles per hour, which I find completely absurd. I didn't actually realize humans could run that fast. Mm. So that particular moment. Uh, Carr continued his up and down performance as well. 31 to 45, 316 yards. He had two touchdowns, but all sounds fantastic. But he also had two interceptions, one of which returned for a touchdown. The Colts have been... Sneaky, impressive defensive team uh, all season, which isn't getting a ton of notoriety. It's not something we're talking about a lot, but they had 15 interceptions on the year. Four of them have been returned for touchdowns. Uh, they can keep guys healthy, and T.Y. Hilton keeps playing like the T.Y. we were used to watching and hearing all the time. They have the bones to do a lot with his team. Um, I mean, they're 8-4. and four. They have lots on the line in terms of the remaining weeks to go. They're pretty much up neck and neck with Titans. So Titans need to either win a couple. Uh, if they go head-to-head, the Titans have a stronger strength of schedule, so that's going to fall in their favor. Um, I think they also have a couple of the tiebreakers uh, between the two of them. I think the 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 Titans have like a 487 percentage to like 37 percentage when it comes to their opponents. So... A very very close race for the final playoff spot so it is it is coming together if they can continue to perform like this and i mean it's the raiders they're seven and five they have some weeks where 
like, oh my god, they're amazing. Look how great they're doing. And then other weeks we were like, huh? How did you? It took some last-minute heroics to beat the Jets. I mean, that just lost forty to three. Um, so I don't know if this is one you can kind of hang your hat on per se, but it is something. You know, a lot of positives to take out of this one. I think if they can manage uh, a playoff run out of this, the Colts were not a team that we were really talking about at all at any point. And it's just sort of one of those. Well, you know, I was. Well, like like boxing and a lot of those other golf we talk about, it's always the same team that are always making the conversation. It's always Saints, the Pats, the Seahawks, all of those, you know, that, that top five tiers, the, the Chiefs, uh, Baltimore up until this point. And then once Colts lost their, you know, star quarterback, they kind of like went into not obscurity, but they just weren't part of the regular conversation. But they lead the league in touchdowns that are, Paused in other ways other than offensive touchdowns, both in kickoff returns, blocked field goals, like all of, you know, interceptions. They they lead the league. So their special teams, their defense side is is making that team look and play really well and stay in some of these competitive games. So I, I actually look forward to see how they come out next year. They had a year to develop. Hopefully we get a normal offseason going into next season but i do think the colts are going to be one of those teams that do start to talk about a little bit more as time goes on oh we will don't you worry about that uh football team niners i said look after you you go to the steel city and you beat the undefeated team i just don't want to pick against you and i understand that kyle shanahan is a great coach but injuries everything else they have i don't think it was gonna be enough and i didn't want to pick against riverboat ron and the comeback player of the year I said, football team does it. Oh, yeah, they did it. Yeah, they, they won that game handily. Um, again, credit to the 49ers. You got a lot of injuries. Your top quarterback's not out there. Your top tight end's not out there. Your uh, defensive backs have been off and on IR. You are on, like, your fourth running back, like, so far. You lose your defensive line, practically. You know, like, you got to give the coaches credit. But this one was all on that dude, Nick Mullins. Interceptions, getting sacked, fumbled. Chase Young, Montez Sweat, just in the backfield, making life a living hell for the 49ers. And the, you know, the score kind of looks like it might have been a little bit closer, but, I mean, the, the football team had a, a strip sack, scoop, and score. That is just, like, something I was not expecting. Like, when you take a defensive player number two overall, right? Burroughs goes number one in the draft. Number two is Chase Young, and you're thinking, okay, he's a great defensive player. But, like, how good is this really going to be? And that dude looked every every bit worth the draft selection in this game. He, he was just like a, a wrecking, a wrecking ball, like along with Montez Sweat. They face the Seahawks next week, and I'm not, I'm not thrilled about it. <laughs> Because, you know, Alex Smith did get hurt and he wasn't able to come back in this game. So um, Dwayne Haskins actually came in and played most, you know, a lot of this game. And they weren't able to get a lot going because the defense was was pretty much moving along. But my goodness, this team, I think going forward, is, is going to be something to watch. And again, you have to hand it to Riverboat Ron. Everyone was like, there's no way you're going to take the division. And he said the division is wide open. The Giants lost this weekend. They won. 
Now they have a one-game lead. If they can win a couple other games, the Giants can lose a couple games, we might see the Washington football team as the NFC East champion and host in a playoff game in January. Absolutely wild. Uh, last week, uh, I picked the Saints, um, but I thought the Eagles would stand a little bit of a chance if they started Hurts this week, only because it, it could be the spark that that team needed. Wentz obviously has been playing well all season, so a change there might might be enough to kind of turn that team around a little bit, at least see what you have going forward. And lo and behold, that's exactly what happened. They put Hurts in, and not only did he keep it close, they actually won the game. The man put up 106 yards, falling just behind Lamar Jackson in total yards in his first start. With our, he, he missed it by 13 yards. Uh, great way to come out of the gate swinging. Definitely some room for improvement, though. He was 17 of 30. Flirting with that 50% mark, which we talked about early on in the season. If you're going to have success as a quarterback in the league, you got you to gotta complete more than half of your, your picks, but uh, half of your throws. But you can't blame the guy. You had 106 yards. Miles Sanders had 115 yards. So the Saints literally could not stop the running game, no matter who was carrying the ball. Granted, he didn't have a lot of tape on the guy outside of college. He hasn't had any starts or really any sort of time this year to show you what he's capable of. So uh, I'll cut him a little slack, but 200 yards given up to any team. We saw, you know, Derrick Henry put up 200 yards by themselves. It, it, it's, it is brutal. Uh, Taysom Hill, granted, he's not a career quarterback. He, with that in mind, he had another solid outing. He was 29, uh, sorry, 28 of 38. He had 291 yards, two touchdowns, but he did give the ball up twice. He fumbled once. They lost that. He did have uh, an interception that he threw, and he did take five sacks. So teams are maybe kind of starting to figure out what Mason Hill is all about. Um, you know, defensively, the Eagles aren't the greatest team out there, so this could have just been some solid game planning. But I think this speaks a little bit more – towards the Saints and what they need to pay attention to because now they fall behind the game uh, behind Green Bay and now you're playing for that sixth seed. Those two teams are going to play each other and this is really going to determine whether or not you're playing in, you know, in the Dome at home or you're traveling up to Green Bay and playing in whatever shit weather that they have, minus 40 degrees or whatever. Um, but this is this is kind of a tough one. If, if you look back at the Saints' history – Without Drew Brees, they've been relatively successful. Going back to 2018, they've won seven or eight games straight without Drew Brees in, which given the fact that he's your star quarterback and has always been your star quarterback, um, a pretty impressive streak, obviously. So they got a lot riding on it. You really got to get him back in. Hill's been sort of like getting your team along, but I think this has more to do with teams not knowing what to expect out of Hill than it is the ability of Hill bit older he hasn't had quarterback reps in general not some 22 23 year old that's been riding the bench he's had a full career of playing his regular position and you're asking him to come in and, and drive a team uh to victory every single every single week but i think this speaks a lot for Hertz, his ability the game plan specifically for his play style now the tricky part is that they still haven't fully committed to Hurts being their quarterback. They've said Wentz is still their guy. Well, it's because they paid I'm, him. 
yeah i don't know if i'm buying that or if they're just trying to maybe save some some face while they find you know some trade fodder you got to go in and start him this weekend we saw what happened with guys like tim tebow and mark sanchez when you don't fully commit to a quarterback when you bring them into your system they both tend to struggle once has been around long enough his confidence is already shot because of the season if you bring Jalen in, you give him a couple of shots, and you pull him out. You bring him in, you take him out. The inconsistency is really going to start piling up. And he was injury prone in high school and in college. You got to make sure that you're keeping him in game ready shape. So I think it's time. I, I like Wentz a lot, both from a personal perspective and on the field. I think this is just a tough year. He's struggling with something injury. Who knows? I think a, a, a change of scenery might do him pretty well couple teams that are probably going to be looking for a starting quarterbacks next year. So I think it's time to make that move. Start Hurts. Do what you got for the future. Yeah, I mean, I don't think really they don't have another choice. Like you bring in a backup quarterback and he beats the Saints that were 10-2. and two. Like that guy has to start until something else happens. I mean, you're too far in the season to really kind of talk about it anyways. <clears throat> yeah. Falcons Chargers. I said Chargers. Hallelujah. After starting this episode with a couple L's, the boys <laughs> racking up the dubs. This game was 17-17, okay? And it was 17-17 for most of the second half until Michael Badgley hit a field goal as time expired. And the Chargers won 20-17. to uh, Justin Herbert, 44 attempts, 243 yards. Again, I the dude is a prolific passer just waiting to break out. 40 50 times like a game and he only comes up with like 200 some odd yards like that's just not good it's just a lot of dump off screens if you have austin eckler it's a fantastic method because you're getting all those fantasy points uh and that's what happened here eckler 80 yards you know no rushing touchdown but you don't really need to do too much when your quarterback throws two tds and the other team's quarterback matt ryan throws the three interceptions like it was kind of telling when the falcons were like okay Let's, let's throw this trick play out there. Russell Gage, you hit um, Calvin Ridley for a touchdown. I, like, you know, if you're Matt Ryan, you're just kind of on the sideline being like, well, I can do that. Well, no, you can't because you've thrown three interceptions. Like, this was not the game that I think that they were expecting. Um, both teams, good, really good on third down. The Falcons were 9 for 12, and the Chargers were 9 for 15. You should be able to win those types of games. So this this was going to be a matchup of who was the better quarterback, who had the who had the the, the best ish defense, and who could get the most going. And yet, Todd Gurley, not rushing. Ito Smith is is your lead rusher. You know, Cal Ridley leads the you know the team with 124 like receiving yards. Like, oh, I don't think there's any way to view the Falcons as, as a team who, who had it all. And then just literally stumbled off the top of the mountain and have not been able to like catch their footing since. Like there's been a couple of times where they've stood up and then they've tripped again and continued to fall down the mountainside. And this, this game was just another indicator of that. Like, I don't, I don't want to hear, we have an interim head coach. I don't want to hear injuries. I don't want to hear all of that. Like you have a winning culture and you have the talent to be able to go out there and accomplish it. If you race out to a 17, uh, 14 lead or a 17 10 lead, which is what they did in the first half. Like, you should be able to hold on to that. You, like, you just should. And anytime that you get a lead and you know 
in the back of your mind, are we going to blow this? The commentators are already saying it. You know that. They're, they're going to continue to bring up this moment. And then the other team is saying, oh, they're only ahead by a touchdown. We got this. And and they like the Falcons should be able to get away from teams. But instead, they stay just close enough where teams can reel them in and then eke these wins out, which is what's going to happen. Like, <laughs> this has been a really bad season uh, for Falcons fans anyways. But you finally get the health back. You have the talent there. And, and you don't produce. I don't think it's necessarily just a coaching and GM thing, which they both fire them. I, I think, honestly, this team will be different next year, but you're going to continue to see games like this the rest of the season. Mm. But here's me taking another one of my big L's this week. I had Packers-Lions, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and I thought, you know what? Lions are going to play upset here because I thought they've been doing pretty well as of late. Packers are one of those that, you know, they play well majority of the time, but every now and again they flirt with some of these some of these decent teams where they should win. Uh that that did not happen. The the, the Packers did win and in winning they clinched a playoff berth in the NFC North together. So they passed the Saints first in the NFC where they won and the Saints lost. So their card and bus pass to the playoffs has already been stamped. Uh Devontae Adams, an eighth game record with a touchdown in the last eight. Uh, the last time that was done was Jerry Rice. He had 12 in 1987. A.J. Green was uh, had nine back in 2012. Those are the only two other players who have, you know, since the Super Bowl era, caught more touchdowns in consecutive games. So, uh, Hell of a season for those guys, just sort of bookending their year. 73rd career game with three-plus passing touchdowns. Puts him uh, fourth, I want to think. I want to say. I think he's behind. No, I think he's – I think this puts him I, – I can't remember. I think he's either third or fourth now, but he's ahead of Brett Favre career-wise. So – uh, I should have seen this one coming. Uh, I did. I did not see that coming. Uh, Matt Stafford has lost 13 games against the Packers, which I didn't even know they played each other 13 times in total. Um, Rogers just had himself a day, 26 of 33, 290 yards, three touchdowns. One of the, one of the only quarterbacks on the day, not to throw a, a, an interception. Um, uh, the other one, Matt Stafford, who was 24-34, 244 yards. This team is one of those that's really frustrating as far as the Lions go. Um, the Packers are always – I have a, a love-hate relationship with Aaron Rodgers. I think he tends to whine a little excessively about the talent he has around him, even though they're finding ways to win games. Like I don't quite expect – or know what, what he expects week in and week out. If you're putting up wins, why is your game going to go out and, and make sure – and make any sort of massive trades. Um, but the Lions, man, the Lions always seem kind of hang on. They didn't even – it's all those stats I just read are going to make it sound like the Lions got blown out, and they didn't. They they lost by five points. Um, they have a 5-8 and eight record on the season. A lot, of those, a lot of those losses have been somewhat close games. Stafford has come out and has played pretty well. 
they just don't seem to have like that guy that they can go to. Uh, Arian Johnson, DeAndre Swift, like none of them have really stepped up to make any sort of statement throughout this season as, as a big go-to. And almost everyone on every team has sort of a security blanket or someone that they can rely on. I mean, if you're Kansas City, you have like four and you pick a different one each week. But most other teams that ride the middle of the pack have someone who kind of stands out a little bit. And these guys just don't have it. And I think you're starting to waste some of the Matt Stafford talent that he does have by just not showing up or not performing or not giving him someone that he can rely on week in and week out. So still think this could have been a game that they kind of eked out, but not a single receiver on the, the Lions has more than 66 yards. Devontae Adams has 115 on his own. Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, he has another 85. So it's just, even though they had the same amount of completions, nobody on that team really sticks out as sort of the guy who's going to get it done for you so it's frustrating for me to watch i always find myself pulling a little bit for the lions for whatever reason i thought when the patricia change happened that might be a little bit of a spark maybe it'll be enough of a change going into next season to kind of snap out of whatever this funk that they're in and maybe maybe squeak out a couple wins but uh congrats to the packers i guess for being one of the few teams to clean the spot already whatever (laughs) (laughs) yep Yep. Well, you said upset for the Lions and it didn't happen, but I said upset for the Bills. And uh, the Bills feel themselves upset city. This was in Orchard Park in Buffalo. And what do you think the Steelers did? Well, they didn't run the ball. James Connors only had 18 yards. You're not going to win a football game doing that. And, oh, Juju Smith-Schuster was filming a TikTok video dancing on the Bills logo. I don't understand why why players decide to do this. I mean, we know Baker did it in college by doing the plant the flag at you know um, at, you know at OU, and it's just like cool. If you have the talent and you can back it up, then go ahead and talk that shit. But you just lost to the football team, and now you're out there dancing on another team's logo. You don't think that there's not like one person in the stadium who's going to see that and go, "Oh yeah, screw this dude. We're totally going to win this game." And it was brutal. Like, yeah, I, I think the Steelers fans were like, all right, we're undefeated. All right, we lost the game. This will refocus us. And I wonder if they maybe didn't prepare enough for this game because Big Ben, 59-yard pick six that he threw, and that really kind of put the game out of reach for them. I mean, they, they lost 26-15, to 15 and it's just sort of like the Steelers have too much talent to only put up 15 points. It just it just didn't make sense. Like they could not get anything going with the run game at all. And this has been a trend. And now teams have figured it out. Oh, there's no need to stack the box. We'll just drop everyone into coverage. We're not going to run. They're not going to like they're not going to maul us off the line of scrimmage. So like, what are we worried about? And if you're the Bills, this is the type of game that you absolutely need to go ahead and I mean it's it's kind of a foregone conclusion, right? Like New England can't win the division this year. The Dolphins are going to keep it interesting, but they still have that Week 17 game to you know to play each other. But like the Bills are, this is this was a good statement win for the Bills. Lowercase s, like your defense got you some points. Offensively, it was like we're not going to go to anyone else but Stephen Diggs. And 
the Steelers were like, that's fine. We're not going to cover him because he had 130 yards. He had a touchdown. It was just like he was killing them on slants across the middle all night. The defense could not get off the field. And I mean, I said it a couple weeks ago, you lose your Mike linebacker, you lose your backup Mike linebacker. Like that's where the defense, that that's the captain of the defense. That's where everything takes place. And that's where the protection calls uh, go. And, and Hey, this is Tim's responsibility over here. And if you don't have one, that's great. You're going to get destroyed. And that's exactly what happened here. Like the Steelers, they got to come up with a plan. I mean, we're past the trade deadline. So I, unless you're going to go grab someone off the street, who's, you know, a free agent running back, which I don't think there's a, a lot of anyways, without a running game, you're just, you're not going to be able to win in the national football league. You you have to have some sort of, some sort of bounce to keep the their defense honest. And the Steelers are looking like they might unravel here towards the end of the season. Um, and I don't think that's what we want to see because I, th- I think Pittsburgh is a, is a great football team, but they are just, ooh, stumble city right now. With that, with that win, the Bills actually knocked the Patriots out of AFC East contention. So the, the remaining hopes for the, the Patriots is a wild card spot. So not looking good on that side. So. That was a tough one. They could have clinched uh, if the Browns had come out and, and handled the Ravens, which we're going to get into in a second. Uh, the Bills would have clinched a spot. Um, that would have been that would have been nuts. Unfortunately, they 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 did not. Uh, but moving on to the Browns and the Ravens, actually, which was, in my opinion, one of the best games of the entire season. This game had everything uh on paper when you see lamar and the ravens winning you would thought lamar's back he's back he's greater than ever uh yes and no he had a (laughs) ground game going but he didn't do much in the air he only attempted 17 passes did get did go out for a little bit with some uh some hamstring cramps i think is what he what he came back out and said but yeah i don't know about that uh, I, I mean, I don't blame him. The man had 124 rushing yards. So I'll give him the benefit of the doubt, whether it was cramping or like actual injury because you ran the ball all over the place. He, he outrushed everybody else on his team combined. Uh, in fact, if you add up all of the yardage from the only three other players who tried to carry the ball, he had like 50 yards more than all of them combined. So, um, yeah, I mean, kind the of a jokes, weird game. The, the jokes of, of the jokes of why he left the game and then came back were pretty funny. You know, like, oh, it was cramps, but then like there was a meme that showed like someone uh, poking their head underneath the bathroom door and it was like Harbaugh. It was like, yo, Lamar, like finish up. We need you back on the field. <laughs> that, and which, of course, like led to so many poop jokes on Twitter. Like and against the Brown, you know, it's just it's just really, really terrible. If you're like a nine year old from like the the late '80s, early '90s, like you know exactly yeah. what kind of jokes I'm talking about. And they were all over Twitter last night. I I had to put it out there. I got to do it. Did 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 OBJ slide into the DM? <laughs> <laughs> uh no, sorry, that was that was bad. That was bad. Sorry. Um, <clears throat> no, it was it was. Crazy. There were nine combined rushing touchdown, which is tied for the most in NFL history. The last time that happened, uh, we're 
two other times are back in 1922. The 89 combined points is the third most in a game in Monday Night Football history. Uh, Baker Mayfield came out and he played his ass off. Uh, and despite all the shit talking, I said this is another example of him putting together a, a decent game. He was 28 of 47. He had 343 yards. He threw two, two touchdowns. He did throw an interception, but he also carried one in on his own. He slung the ball all over the place. Uh, he had seven receivers who were in double digits versus uh, the Ravens who had four guys in double digits and then nobody else who received uh, or who uh, had any sort of receptions on record. So this one was, it was fun to watch. There's lots of trading. There was lots of back and forth between the two of them. Um, the last two minutes of that game was some of the best football I've seen all season. You had Baltimore coming down. They took over the lead. And in like 40 seconds, the Browns came back and they took over the lead. And then the Ravens marched down, down the field and kicked a field goal as time was expiring. So all in all, I thought this was a fantastic game. Um, I actually think this speaks a little bit more to the pain but how good the Browns are right now less about the Ravens being back you're not going to have this kind of game every single week you can't rely on your quarterback to put up 120 yards like it's just he's not going to get two touchdowns every game along with J.K. Dobbins and uh, Gus Edwards running in their own touchdowns like it's just that's it's not how you're going to win a lot of games because we've already seen what happens when you Shut down Lamar's running game. The team kind of collapses, which is what I thought was going to happen this week. It's good to see Lamar healthy and running again. Hopefully, it was just a cramp. It wasn't actually. You just had to take a shit. Hopefully, it's it's something like that. Um, but to come out and see Mayfield put up, you know, 343 yards and 42 points against a team. And a defense like Baltimore had their struggles, but I think it just goes to show how how good that team is. But this was a fun one to watch. Um, it was one I was looking forward to all weekend. Didn't miss a single minute of it. I actually had to pause and made sure I recorded the last few minutes just because I had a feeling this is going to be a shootout coming towards the end. But great game. You, you haven't had, watched it? Go watch the you highlights. Had to, you had to pause to record it. Did you have some some leg cramps that you need to take care of? Like what was going on there? Did I did yeah no yeah no I have a five year old who's been uh you know not sleeping so great as of late so mm. bouncing yeah, that, back that, and forth that was a pretty wild game and and yeah. you know we we needed one of these games we need one of these barn yeah, we burners and we and we finally got one in prime time when everyone was watching it and that was good okay that's week fourteen we're gonna fly through week fifteen so here we go Thursday night Chargers Raiders Raiders need to win this game. Because if they don't, they're not making the playoffs. So, Raiders. I was high up. Uh, Bills, Broncos. I just got done gushing about the Broncos. Uh, however, I think this is sort of the Bills season to run away with. I think they got a little bit more riding on the line. The Broncos are going to come out, and they're going to try and play upset as much as they can. But coming off of a big win against the Steelers, like we said coming into this week, the Bills were feeling themselves. I don't think that's changing going forward. I got the Bills. There is a Saturday doubleheader. Tim, you had the first one. I got the second one. Panthers-Packers. I've been saying this for weeks. If Christian McCaffrey plays, they have a chance. Guess what? Matt Rule says he's probably not going to play. 
which I get. The dude is a cornerback, a cornerstone of your franchise as a running back. You, you, you got to do whatever you can to keep him healthy. I think the pack wins this one easily. And I would not be surprised if this is the, the turning point. I think where most MVP writers this season will probably begin to hand it to Aaron Rodgers over Patrick Mahomes. I mean, you, you mm-hmm. look you're like you're 12 and one with the chiefs versus 10 and three for the Packers. And like, just take a look. Rodgers is going to throw his 40th touchdown pass of the season, and he's not, and he's probably not going to throw an interception. So he'll be at 40 touchdowns in four interceptions. He's done that twice before, and I'm pretty sure he won MVP both times. Like, whatever they're doing in Green Bay, it's working. And I don't even think they need to get out of third gear to beat the Panthers because McCaffrey's not going to be there. So I'm going to say pack, and I'm going to say you're going to see the backup quarterback for a good chunk of this game. All right, fair enough. Uh, speaking of backup quarterbacks, Niners versus the Cowboys. Uh, I think the Cowboys are continuing to string along some pretty solid games. I think Mullins is struggling to put together any good games at this point. Uh, I'm going Red Rocket all the way, Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <clears throat> Seahawks football team. I don't need to pontificate like I did last week because they're, they're back in the dub column. Um, this game is uh, a one o'clock game after there was probably going to be snow and rain in this area for most of the week. It's going to be a lower scoring game. I don't think Russ is going to cook as much. I do think that this, that the Seattle Seahawks are going to get out of here with a gritty hard fought win. Uh, but I would not be surprised if the Seahawks don't score more than 21 points in this game. Like the, the Washington football team defense is good and they've, shown that they can handle higher caliber teams. And, and I mean, they need to win this game if they want to make a real serious push for the NFC East. So I think to that end, we're going to see them coming out firing. They're going to give their best. But I think Seattle has probably realized that they can't look past opponents anymore because they need things to break and go their way if they want the number one seed, which is, you know, it's a far cry. Probably not going to happen. So I, I said I was going to pontificate, but then I did. Seahawks by like three or four points. It's going to be too close. <laughs> Uh, Bears Vikings, the battle of the six and sevens, or as I like to call it, the battle of the complete unknowns, because you don't know what you're going to get week in and week out from either of these teams. I have a little bit more faith in the Vikings than I do the Bears, but Bisky seems to have found a little bit more uh, drive and maybe a little bit more of a spark over the last few weeks since he took over the mantle again. So I don't know if there's sort of, you know, Building of confidence going to continue on he does tend to to flirt a little bit with some of his old tendency turnovers and whatnot. Um, this one's a tough one. I'm I am going to go Bears over Vikings just because I think Cousins and those guys are just kind of reeling a little bit. Uh, Dalvin Cook, you can't ride him every single win as we've seen in the last couple weeks. You're not. He will help get you there, but they tend to suffer from the same thing the Tennessee Titans do, where if you're trying to ride too much on the back of Henry, all you have to do is figure out a way to stop that guy, and suddenly the game is in question. Plus, that kind of wear and tear just wears on a guy. So I think in this case, Trubisky, I think, got a little bit more push going on right now. Things are kind of going his way. So I'm leaning bears for this one. Oh, man. 
That would be that would be crazy because we'd have two NFC North teams vying to be 500. So I think I think you're going to get a good game there. Yep. Pats Dolphins. Look, a couple seasons ago, this would have been like, hey, circle this. This is the game that Tom Brady is going to lose in Miami in December. It's not happening this time. I don't know what's going on with the Patriots. We talked about them earlier, uh, but I definitely do think the Dolphins, after almost beating the Chiefs last week, they know where to change um, the the mistakes they made, and I don't think they make them again. So I think Dolphins win here. All right. Jaguars, I actually agree with I think the, the pitch is going to be hard-pressed for any sort of major wins through the rest of the season as long as Cam is QB spot. I got I found myself in the strangest debate, not to go off the rails, but uh, where somebody was talking about the Patriots and Cam and some of his shortcomings, and I'm I'm not kidding when they said, well, that's just because Cam can't throw below 20 yards. Like... <laughs> they should game plan for that. And I was like, well, he's not as fast anymore. He's like 33rd in attempts on the year. 30, he's 30th, sorry, in attempts on the year. And like 32nd in complete. Like, it's just, he's middle to bottom tier in almost all the stats. And you want him to game plan for just throws 20 yards and above? It doesn't, doesn't make any sense. But people are still finding ways to try and cut him some slack and I'm kind of overcutting him some slack. It just doesn't look good. He can't run. He can't throw. He misses really short, easy passes with outing in there. So take a fork on those guys. I think they're pretty much done. Um, but anyway, weird, weird arguments all over the internet about Cam oh, Newton. Oh, yeah. Get it together, people. Mm-hmm. ProFootballReference.com. Go check it out. <laughs> uh, I got Jaguars and Ravens. Um this one's a tough one because the Ravens have been super inconsistent. The like Lamar Jackson putting up 160 yards in the air uh, is going to struggle against anybody. But if he's putting up 120 yards, if his legs are back underneath of him, it's going to be really hard to stop that. You know, we we had the same conversation with Cam Newton. If you can run the ball and win games, it doesn't matter how many times you can throw. Problem is, every time you stop him from running, they don't win those games. They've lost several games in that fashion. And the Jaguars are going to squeak a win out against one of these teams. They're trying to play upset. I obviously don't have a lot of faith in you. I I think the Ravens will oh, probably yeah. win. He's, he's, the, he's the new starting quarterback. Did you hear? Yeah. Uh, so... I'll give it to the Ravens. I think it's going to be closer than what it should be, but I wouldn't be shocked if the Dol- uh, if the the Jaguars find a way to uh, screw this up for them and and make their playoff run. So you think the Jags are going to do it? Nah, nah, nah I just nah, wouldn't be. I I think the Ravens they play even a smidge of how good they played on Monday. They take this one, but gonna be closer than it should be and i i just wouldn't be shocked if the jaguars find a way to, to as you would say make it interessante there we go yeah. yes all right <clears throat> bucks falcons i'll save you all the time in the world that i can because bruce arian said the other week when he and tom brady couldn't go play golf together that was so upsetting to him because he's like how come I can't be on the links with someone who has been tested for COVID-19? I know they don't have it, but I can go play golf 
outside of my official capacity in the team with someone who might not have been tested. This doesn't make any sense, NFL. The NFL was like, yeah, we don't care. So <laughs> instead, Tom and Bruce, we maybe they had to come to Jesus moment. Maybe they talked about what they wanted to do because Antonio Brown, Scotty Miller, like Gronk's keep catching passes. Like most of them are going for touchdowns. The only the only person who is maybe not happy about their role in this offense might be Mike Evans and, and Leonard Fournette because they they probably want more touches. They probably want more opportunities to score points. But that doesn't matter because you're winning games. And now the wild card. And maybe if the Saints can keep slipping, you might pull off the steal of the season. That being said, it's the Falcons. They're 4-9. This is going to be the Bucks. 15. Lions, uh, Titans. Titans have, have sort of found themselves again. Tannehill's playing well. Henry's playing well. If Henry can get 90-plus yards and at least a touchdown, um, Lions have suffered some pretty tough losses in games where I think they should have won. I think this one would normally have played out a little bit closer, but coming off a strong win like the Titans did this weekend, I think they ride a little bit of that momentum. Unless the Lions can find a way to put the brakes on Henry, I think this one's going to be uh, an easy win for the Titans. Yeah, if I were the Lions and I had like a burner Twitter account, I would definitely start asking all of the like the film rats on social media, like who go and they break down like all the the all twenty two game film. I would just yeah. be like, hey, nondescript Titans fan here, how would you stop Derrick Henry? <laughs> uh, you know, Crowds, you know what I mean? Crowdsource like, your, uh, yeah, your crowd, def- crowd defensive source plan, your, your defensive scheme. What do you have to lose at this point? You ain't got nothing yeah. to lose. All right. Texans Colts. I mean, this is a division game. I wanted to say this game was supposed to be closer because last week they were the Texans were supposed to blow out the Bears and they got blown out by the Bears. That being said, I don't see Jonathan Taylor running for 150 yards again this week. I don't I don't see it happening. I do think though that the Texans have kind of run out of runway. I mean, they're not going to get above 500. You're probably going to hear a lot in the next couple of weeks about whom is going to be the potential head coach? Who's going to be the GM? What's the direction of this team going forward? How is Deshaun Watson going to be influenced? Who are they going to bring in? Um, and they don't have a ton of cap space. They don't have a ton of draft picks. So it's going to be the the crazy craft arts and crafts job of the century for sure. That being said, the Colts do find ways to allow teams that keep pace with them that they have no business doing so. And I think that this... To the eye test, this game will tell us, like, oh, the Texans are still good because the Texans are going to score a lot of points. But I think the Colts are going to win. Because they can score a lot of points. Can't stop a lot of points. on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Eagles-Cardinals last week would have been an easy one. Cardinals 100%. uh, But now with with Hurts in there, I kind of like this matchup with the two young quarterbacks, albeit one's had several more weeks to get himself in the position that he's in. Um, but I think you're going to start seeing some interesting play out of Hertz in the Eagles for the remainder of their season as they really kind of stretch out that playbook. I think if Hertz gets the start this weekend, I do think the Eagles take this win. The Cardinals have been up and down. They've struggled a little bit going up against a team that's got a little extra fire trying to prove themselves kind of 
prove what they're worth. I do think the Eagles, uh, the Eagles take this one. I think the Cardinals. Oh, I think the yeah. Cardinals were sneaky good early on in the it, throughout this season, but people are starting to figure that out a little bit. Yeah, and Hertz is going to start, so you're saying upset city. Let's go. Go. Oh, let's go. All right, I got Jets Rams. I will save you all the time for real this time. Rams. Uh, Chiefs Saints. Uh, this is another one. I know they've been flirting with the idea of bringing Breeze back. I know he's been itching to get back, but they're in no rush. I mean, they're they're ten and three. They're playing for a, a number one seed. Or sorry, is it number one seed? Two, number two seed. Yeah, they're so they're playing for playoff positioning, not necessarily to make it into the playoffs. I think uh, if you want to have or you want to give yourself the best possible chance, you want to have Drew. Brees as your quarterback. So uh the Chiefs this one's a tough one for me because the Chiefs have also found ways to let teams stay closer than what they should have been. I mean, they almost lost to the Dolphins. There have been other teams that they should have blown out that they didn't. I think this one's gonna be a little bit competitive. I think you kind of have a little bit of a game plan now when teams are starting to use it. The Chiefs are just finding ways to score just a couple extra points. You had it in the form of a, a safety. So the safety is really what put that game out of reach against the Dolphins because even if they scored a touchdown, they would need two more points to, to do anything with that. So you you nix that safety and the Dolphins aren't kicking in that last drive. They're marching down the field and they're trying to get a touchdown. That very well could have been a loss. So I'm going to go Saints on this one. I'm going to go Saints. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll I told you. I, I did I, not see coming. I told you the Steelers and the, and the Chiefs are, are teams that are primed for some more of these losses as they transition towards the end of the season because, you know, they may rest guys. They may try some things that they want to see how they work going into the playoffs. There's not that same drive to win every single game. Like, they're, they're there already. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go Saints. Go Saints. I like it though. I mean, if yeah. if you can't if you can't go bigger, you know, go home. It's, it's, that's what it is. All right, Sunday night football game: Browns Giants. I want to believe that the Giants are capable of showing us something here. I just think after you lose forty five forty two to the Ravens in the division, and really it should have been forty three forty two because you gifted them two points at the end with the safety when you were trying to do some crazy backwards lateral passes with two seconds left to go on the clock. Nah, nah. If there's one thing that I think I can agree with what you said about Baker Mayfield, it's that he does get in his feelings. And when he gets emotional, I think you do see the better football player come out because he puts that fire, that panache behind it. And that means the giants are going to try, but I mean, the giants coughed, they had eight turnovers last game. You're and again, and against the Cardinals, like, you would kind of expect that because they have a decent defense, but they still lose games. And, and you're just like, now you have a Browns defense that just got embarrassed on national television. They should have won that game. That's what every guy in that locker room is saying right now. We were going to win. We were going to win. And then what happened? So they're going to go back. They're going to find to the machine. And I think just like with, uh, with the Titans this week, they're, they're going to come out and they're going to thrash. So Browns big. When I heard about all the turnovers, I didn't watch the Giants game. When I heard about all the turnovers, Daniel Jones getting back into his uh, his interception groove. Oh, Not yeah. a single interception. That's crazy. No. 
All no, fumbles. Just, just all fumbles. And it was just, it was terrible. He fumbled three times terrible. on his own, but he only lost mm-hmm. one of them. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> all right. Steelers, Bengals. Uh, I mean, I'll save you guys a little, you know, I'll bury the lead. I think the Steelers are going to bounce back and win this game. They'll probably win it pretty easily. I don't anticipate them winning a stretch of games. That's for sure. Um, the Bengals, obviously, we, we already went over how tough their season has been. There's too much to overcome for them. Uh, they've rallied. They've tried to put a couple good ones together. AJ Green seems to have refound his game a little bit in the last few weeks, but um, Steelers are going to come in statement pieces. I think some of these last few games, because now everyone's grumbling and talking about you know what happened, what are they doing, what's going on. They're flirting with you know positional placement in the playoffs. So yeah, Steelers are going to come out. I think they put this one away early. You know what would be crazy? If they flex this game out of primetime. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this yeah. thing, like, you know, the Steelers, like they're 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 probably gonna be the heavy favorite to win this game. And, you know, the Bengals, hey, you have to do what you have to do in, in the season, right? But I could see where they they take one of those earlier games and they go, Yeah, we're we're gonna go ahead and flex this into primetime. Like, let's see here. Um, I mean that Browns Giants game that could, that Eagles Cardinals game, that could be flexed. Um a couple of them, yeah. Yeah, you you know what I mean. Like there are there are some that could easily like you could make an argument for putting it in prime time. Did the Bears Viking Bears Vikings maybe or the yeah. uh, the the Seahawks uh, the Seahawks Washington game? Oh, I That'd you know I one. don't well Washington get, didn't get a single um, prime time game this entire season. They were like I think they were like only one of the teams in the league to do that. That would be absolutely wild. I I mean I would love it. I would absolutely love it, but I don't think that would happen. I think you have a better chance of a team with like you bring up the NFC North, like playoff position. Like, that would be a great matchup to see because of how much is on the line. I mean, the Steelers yep. at this point are just trying to make sure they can keep pace with the chiefs, yep. which we expect them to do. So like you, statement piece, they're going to come out and drop 30 in the first half and then just take the foot off the gas. Like, okay, we'll see. Yeah. All right. That's week 15 of the NFL. Got a couple division winners in the Chiefs, the Saints, the Packers. Just should have seen that coming. Should have seen it coming. Just talked ourselves in and out of all these division picks. We thought, oh, yeah, there's there's, there's going to be no way. No, it's no, not, no, no. not the way it worked. <laughs> so Not our best not our best week of picks. I had some good nope. ones in there. But, yep. Uh, Anyways. I, I, got, I got some darts going out this uh, this next week. We'll see how they land. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. All right. That is episode 36 of Stats No Matter podcast. We hope everyone is listening and that you're going to enjoy these next couple weeks coming up because we're going to have a small little spot there where we're going to get football on Saturdays. It's starting this week. It's going to happen in the next couple weeks. We're going to get a Monday night football game, a Tuesday night football game, a Saturday night football game. It's going to be crazy. Uh, and then, of course, you're going to have the Christmas Day games, which are, are going to be fun too. So... Just keep it locked. We're gonna we're gonna keep throwing these picks out there. Something's gonna stick on the wall eventually. Quick shout out to uh, Giannis for his supermax contract. Did you see that real quick? I mean, des- yeah, I mean, deserved. You know what I mean? Like the guy yeah. like came here from Greece with like next to no money. Sent it, sent all the money back that he could to help his parents out. You know, like he came from a country in the midst of a financial crisis, and now he's signing a five year supermax deal. You can say, 
For those who don't know what that is, it's $228 million for five years. Yeah. Stay where he's at. So good for him. And I mean, like, Milwaukee is one of those teams that's like sort of kind of rebounded a little bit. I mean, who who's gonna be their their competition in the East? Westbrook and and the Wizards? Maybe. Or when you see how that plays out, but like the Celtics just have found ways to give that, you know, that conference away, like in, in the last couple of games. So, like, I expected the Celtics will be in the playoffs. But I also expect that Giannis is saying, I'm going to sign this max, but I need you to bring in other talent, and we need to make an actual deep run this year. Well, that'll, that'll, that'll be, happen. yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they fill in that around him. You just paid one guy significant portion of your payroll. So, yeah, but we'll I mean, the thing happens, with luxury so. tax in the NBA is like, Everyone's got money. Yeah. Maybe we'll chat about this later this week. Maybe we will. All right, guys. Peace. Peace.